0: Welcome to the mother of all derbies. Wunderbar, so to far Tor. And the treffer 10.
1: Burgstalle 4-1. No, 2 nur Immer noch. Kali der hängt rein. 4-3. Vier to vier they it! You, Steven Welcome to Shock America, episode 166, or whatever we're on. I'm your host, Richard Garman. Nice to have Victory Monday, get it out of the way, somewhat early in the season, a little bit. Uh, Hey, if you're in the chat, let us know. Can you hear the audio? We're messing some things tonight, trying something different, so let us know if you can hear us or not. Uh, But. Yeah, Victory Monday happened to have celebrated, uh a mini-Rivier Derby, Jack, uh, against Volkham. Um A preview into the actual Rivier Derby against Dortmund coming up this weekend. The result, 3-1 victory. Yeah, it sounds like uh, people can't hear you, unfortunately, which is beautiful because you're saying, you're saying those beautiful words right now. We're going to have to pivot. We're going to have to pivot. Hang tight. Well, <laughs> we're going to do it live switcheroo. Uh, We're gonna be right back. Hang tight. I swear we'll be here. We'll be back. All right. Uh Jack, let's go stream yard. All right, I'm back. I'm back. Waiting for Jack to jump into the chat. And there he is.
0: Good evening, all. Hopefully you can hear me now.
2: (laughs) Yes, Pascal. Hopefully you can hear us. Um back. Hopefully the sound is better. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> nothing like live telecast, right? Yeah,
0: we, we tried this during the live stream two weeks ago, and a similar result uh, took yeah. place. Uh, uh, where, where do you want to Where do you want to start from at this point? I mean, we're already, we're already live right now, but uh, we're,
2: we're already live. We're already live. You know, let's uh, you know, let's get to the Boca match. We won three sure. one. Pascal says all good now. Here we go. So yeah, let's. Um, let me. Get my slides. We're all over it. It's live TV. Here we go. Here's a lineup. There is a lineup for us. Um, yeah. Interesting lineup. It hasn't really changed from last week though, right? Not, not too much. A little bit. Uh, Swolov in goal, obviously. Back four. Matriciani on the right. That's mm-hmm. because Brunner had a muscular injury. Vandenberg back in the lineup. Yoshida Moore back on the left. Middle, uh, pivot, holding pivot midfielders, whatever you want to call them. Kraus and Flick, uh, Front three of attackers with Larson, Drexler, Boulter, with Toroto up top. Where do you want to start with this lineup?
0: Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, Bruner had very much been a mainstay uh, in the squad. Really had a, uh, that, that right back position kind of on lock. Uh, unfortunate yeah. that he couldn't go, but get a look at Matriciani for the first time, uh, which, as we said, like it's always it's always interesting to get a look at you know some of these guys for the first time uh, in a new season, see how they... See how they do. Um, I don't think anybody's been particularly disappointed with uh, the performances of Moore so far. We've seen it come in the game. Obviously, like O'Young o- would be, you know, the uh, the first choice there, but he's performed very well and has a legitimate claim to that position, or at least into the starting lineup to some extent. Um, love seeing Flick get another run out in central midfield. I kind of like that Flick cross pairing personally. Kind of digging it at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Drexler has likewise gained a little bit of a foothold as has Larson. Uh, we would expect more often than not, you know, Torada and Bolter are going to be um, probably close to two of the first names on the team sheet, if not the first, uh, you know, names on the team sheet. So a couple things, you know, rotating in and out because of injuries and availability, but, um, yeah, four, two, three, one, sometimes, uh, you know, Krauss would push up a little further and Bolter would kind of go wide and, and Drexler push up and almost kind of become like a, you know, like a four, three, one, two to some extent. Uh, so kind of different shapes at, uh, different phases of the game, but, uh, yeah, interesting uh, starting lineup overall. Uh, are you a little bit surprised to see Larson still kind of getting that run at this point? What if What have you? Let's. I just want to talk about him real briefly off the top, not just yeah. to single amount, but I guess I kind of am. Um, what is your initial impression been of uh, of young Larson? Um, yeah. underwhelming.
2: I I I did want I did want to see him again because I want to see maybe he has rust and he should be able to shake it off or anything. He has glimpses of something spectacular, but for the most part. Has has been underwhelming. Hasn't done much. And at this point, I want someone who's going to bring that attacking prowess and maybe bring back Salazar. Salazar has been doing well off the bench. Well, he did the first game or last game before this. This last one, I guess. Bochum not as active, I guess, um, and also because he's probably playing on the wing. Uh, Pascal makes a comment here. So, coaches, so question the coach's decision on not including Iden. More was nice, and Larson should play striker. That's an interesting. Uh, also Rodrigo needs to play attacking midfield not left wing yeah now he needs to be in that 10 role and it's hard though too right because the Drexler and we'll get to Drexler but for me Larson still underwhelming uh pace is good but who do you bring at this point I mean obviously Salazar is the main guy you're thinking of right unless you want to go two big men up top um which we'll get to in a second but Larson for me eh how about
0: you? Yeah, you know, I, I think he's had interesting moments. Um, I, I think unfortunately his his first touch has been less predictable than, than Weston McKenney's at times when McKennie was here. <laughs> yeah. um, you don't, I mean like he's either going to control it brilliantly or it's going to be just completely errant and, and ruin the momentum of whatever move is happening. I think Larson yeah. gives the ball away far too frequently as well. Um, uh, did have a nice through ball play to Torada, which I expected Torada to do much better with at one point. Set him on like for kind of a one-on-one with the keeper and Torada just kind of took way too much time on it and kind of missed his own chance so not to say it was a you know entirely a poor performance from lars or anything like that i just he was a player with a lot of expectation i think when we initially signed him and i think so far especially now that he's gotten a couple starts and we've seen like decent minutes from him to be able to judge um leaving a little bit to be desired i think compared to what we were maybe hoping um of getting uh you know you know pascal mentions that larson should play a striker i've talked repeatedly about how at various times in his career in the past, he's played a little more centrally, whether it's attacking midfielder up front. I don't think that's necessarily a bad shout. I think it doesn't seem to be the way that Cromer's intending on using him at all, especially with some of the bigger bodies we have, Toronto pulled that kind of a thing. Um, a very different profile than what we're currently seeing play in that forward line. But um, yeah, that's it. I think that's enough conversation about Larson specifically before we even get into the rest of the game, but thank you for indulging that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mentioned Drexler. Well, obviously I like, we, we are fans of Aiden. Right, and we do want to see more of Salazar, but where would he play? Because, and I say this because, Jack, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Drexler's played very well in his two stints and the ten position uh, this season. And so to take him out, obviously he's a workhorse; he's going to keep working no matter what and get does dirty stuff. But he's done pretty, pretty, pretty well at the ten spot so far through two games, Uh and he's obviously got a goal, scored a goal against Bochum. So if you bring Salazar in, you're going to put him in, a, in an unnatural position at the right wing or something like that. And I don't know how well it's going to work. And naturally you want to think you put Salazar in the middle and Drexler at the right. And that could work. Drexler is obviously serviceable there, but I mean, thoughts on, on Drexler. Cause I think he's performed well. He's obviously made team of the week according to kicker, which we'll get to, but uh, thoughts on Rodrigo Salazar and Drexler in that 10 position.
0: Yeah, Drexler was often deployed in, in wider areas last season, which is why when we initially saw the lineup of, of Larson and Drexler prior to last week, I was saying pre-match, hey, I wonder if this is actually going to we're going to see Larson more centrally than we had been, and we're going to see yeah. Drexler back kind of where we would expect him to potentially be. Um, so, yeah, the fact that those two, that, that Drexler's been playing in sort of that advanced midfield role has been a little bit surprising. I do think he's done, you know, obviously pretty well. Um, overall, Uh I mean, Salazar has to be somebody that you would that you would expect would be in the starting lineup. Um, I, I don't personally have an issue with with giving him a little bit more rest because, as we talked about, we 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 wore him down a lot last season with how many minutes he played, and he's also somebody that when he does start, does seem to tire. Um, you know, by the 60th minute mark or anything. So, I think a super sub role from him is not necessarily a bad thing. But yeah, you would definitely yeah. like his influence and presence. I think on the pitch for longer than you know, just like a second half. Um, cameo overall, and certainly, certainly, I think that his contributions, um, you would imagine would have been significantly more impactful than what Larson has been able to provide from a starting position so far.
2: 100% agree. Um, and that also begs another question because, like, if you don't put Salazar, well, let's talk about the big men later. Uh, let's get to finish up the lineup. Bolter, obviously, Toroto, hoping to see Torto maybe get another goal in this one. Uh, I think the one thing we can agree on with the starting lineup out of any of the players, the player that f- seems the most at home in the Bundesliga is Bolter. Every game he's been the most consistent best player almost every game. Um, and again, uh, he did well in this game.
0: He did. Um, Bolter actually, I think, with the f- furthest like progressive passing distance in this game of anybody who wasn't part of the back line, because obviously you would expect you know center backs and fullbacks to probably have more progressive passing distances because of the position they have on the pitch. Um, Bolter, uh, you know, ostensibly being kind of like a striker winger who operates kind of in those gaps the fact that he had a lot of that i think speaks to um his work rate and how much he does um contribute yeah contributes in a lot of different areas Wait, i mean he he really is like like um surprisingly effective and almost like deceptively technical on some of those shoulder moments where he can like you know you know do the fake shot pull it back turn kind of thing um Mm -hmm. he, he does that consistently and it kind of seems to work like Almost all the time, like people have not figured that out yet for whatever reason, um, you know, good delivery, good shots on them. Yeah, Bolter's. I think, like, like I said, we have said a couple of different podcasts already. I, I kind of was wondering how he was going to do um, transitioning, and, and he's blown me away and has looked very much at home so yep. far. A hundred
2: percent agree. Uh, on the bench, you got Fairman, Grimal again. We got to see him, Salazar, Poulter, Oyon on there. Uh, I guess he's recovered enough from his injury that he could be on the bench. Karaman, no relation. I then crawl in lots. Of, uh, go ahead. Real, re- yeah, real yeah. quick too.
0: Sorry. I know we're taking a lot of time talking about the lineup today, which is usually not as much time want. talking on, but um, you know, let's talk about the item thing. Cause Pascal brings it up for a second. Yeah. So, you know, obviously you and I have been fans of him previously. We're never going to complain if we see him in the starting lineup for the most part, you would think potentially that this kind of game where suddenly Bruner is unavailable, that would be certainly the opportunity for Iden to get the look and he did make the bench this time, as opposed to being with u 23s or wherever he's been, you know, during match days where he's not with, you know, the senior squad. Um, so what do you make of Matriciani getting the start there? Do do we think that because at times Iden, they've been kind of little, little brothered a little bit from like a physical standpoint that, you know, when we're talking about a replacement right back Cromer at this moment is like, Hey, who's going to be more defensively solid for me? And potentially not, you know, give something away that's going to cause, you know, like, give something away cheaply to like Beckham, you know, that kind of a thing. Is that is it like a, is it a conservative um move? Is it literally just that Matriciani has been performing better and training better, and he thinks that's the better option overall, regardless? Because I think you and I would both agree that Iden provides quite a bit more than Matriciani going forward. Yeah. um Once again, maybe with Tobias Moore, who we know is going to provide that anyway. He's like, well, let's get somebody you know more defensively strong. On the uh, on you know the right hand side, I don't know. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I,
2: I I think I tend to lean with you that it it seems that he went for a conservative approach. I mean, obviously Hofmann or Hoffman is a big guy. Uh, Simon Zolar is a decent guy, but he's he's someone who can muscle you off for sure. Uh, so maybe that was a, a, a question mark that they wanted to be you know worried about the big bodies pushing off. Iden, who's historically struggling in that department and they know that Iden maybe does like to push up, and Bochum aren't capable of hitting you on the counterattack with guys like Holtman and, and Zoller especially. Maybe it's safer to play with Matriciana. who doesn't push up as much. He's more defensively sound and can help out with Vandenberg, who probably needed some help after the first game, struggled mightily, and maybe they thought Matriciana would be able to help him out a little bit. Um, and maybe it has something to do with the practice as well. Maybe he does better. We're not there, right? We don't know. Uh, but I think from optics standpoint, I think Iden seems like the better person to put in there um, you know, in this game, I think, despite whatever we don't know what Cromer's intentions were with Matriciani, but it seemed that the majority of the focus for Bochum, especially in the first half, was down Matriciani's side, and they were quite successful, especially when Holtman came in. They picked up an injury, one of their players, um, Asano, or whoever, picked up an injury like two minutes into the game. Holtman comes in and was pretty much their best player for the most part.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was interesting because the only reason he was on the pitch as early as he was, I think inside five minutes potentially, yeah. was because of the injury. He wasn't in the starting lineup, and he actually very much made the most of that opportunity and was uh, certainly one of the more dangerous dangerous players for them.
2: Yeah, uh, so there's a the starting lineup, and Asano on the left wing there. Obviously, Hoffman, we talked about. Zolar, one of the uh, really good goal scorer. Stoger was very good in this game. Locia Kevin Stoger, a name good.
0: that I think a lot of fans will probably be familiar with on this yeah. lineup.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Eric, I agree with you about Chalonolu. We, we are just as much of fans of him as I. Then, and it perplexes us. Uh, Gamboa had a decent game. Masovic had a decent game. Um, Lampropolopoulos, because I'm tight. Uh, okay game, and Suarez had a decent game. And then Raiman, Raiman was the one who was the, the weakest link for them. But um, decent lineup. Obviously, two, the three main guys for me were going to be Zoller, Hoffman, and Stoger. I think the Asano injury, like you talked about, really added another dimension to them. And Holtmann was ultimately the most dangerous person on the pitch for them because he consistently went down the pitch. He kind of assisted on that goal or led to the goal, right, uh, that they ended up scoring. Um But, yeah, I mean, for river Darby, I thought it was feisty for 45 minutes at least.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Zoller has a couple goals already this season, so he's certainly, you know, one of the danger men. Um yeah, uh, actually, I mean, I thought I thought the second half was a little bit more um, entertaining overall than, than than the first. But uh, yeah, I, I think I I, really, I did I did like Schalke's approach off the bat. We seemed we seemed up for it. We seemed energetic. We seemed I mean, particularly let's talk about Krauss for a second, why don't we? Um, yeah, from, from 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 minute one, he was. I thought, like, all over the place, you know, very much an engine trying to drive us forward and and constantly keep the tempo up and and trying to make things happen. Um, We talk about that, you know, that midfield pairing of of Flick and Kraus in this game. It was often Kraus was the one who was advancing and kind of being taken on that more marauding role um, going forward, which is something he's shown, you know, some adeptness at early in the season with some of those transition moments that we've talked about as well. So, um, you know, personally, I continue to be very impressed by Tom Kraus, just to say that off the bat as well. Um, I... What is he like? Twenty one, yeah, something like that. On loan from Leipzig. Really hope we can find a way to secure that guy. I don't know what Leipzig's planning on doing with him. We need to stay
2: uh, in the Bundesliga first, and then we can secure. Well,
0: for sure. But I'm saying early returns are like that's a that's a nice loan signing for sure.
2: Yeah. Oh, I hundred percent agree. He's. He's been also one of our most consistent players on the team this year. You know, outside of Bolter, he's probably the next best guy on the team, honestly, in terms of consistency, especially in the midfield. Um, he's been the most consistent player in the midfield. Obviously, Flick has been there the whole time. We had Latsa in there. Uh, Kral has been there. But I think Krauss has been the most consistent and always in the action, right? He doesn't. He sometimes plays the pivot positions, but he attacks as well, like McKenney used to do or Goreska used to do. Uh, he's involved everywhere and you love it. And he he's been, he was rallying up the crowd, which you love. They love him. He loves them. And so it's a, a match made in heaven. Um, goal scoring uh, started on the first half. Dominic Drexler the guy. We talked about who is at home in the Bundesliga bolter, right? So Drexler kind of started it off, gave it to bolter on the left. He cuts in, takes a shot. You want him to do that. Rebound came to Ryman. Ryman did really poor in rebound and Drexler heads up, puts a rebound away. One, nothing. Um, Heads-up play by Drexler. He kind of started the play and finished the play, and Bolter doing what you kind of want him to do. At that point, up up before he had got that shutoff, we didn't have any attacking moments by anybody, really. It was a couple things here and there, but Bolter finally attacked his guy one-on-one, which he can do, and it led to a goal.
0: Yeah, I mean, partially fortunate for Drexler to kind of be in the right spot at the right time, but he also kind of you know arrived in that area because he vacated space in the box to create a lane for Bolter to try to drive into and shoot through so i mean like you know i like said he started it off got into the box vacated some nice space for his teammate and then ultimately was rewarded for i think you muted
1: yourself <laughs> can't hear you
2: <laughs> no audio he you lost your audio there nothing yet live tv folks while you figured that out, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and um, yeah, talk about the next one. One nothing at the halftime. I thought Drexler, one of the better players of the match again. Uh, he was nominated into the kicker best players of the week. Um, obviously, doing really well. Is your audio working back, Jack? Nope, not yet. Ah. <laughs> i was going to talk to here the whole time. <laughs> um yeah, I thought Drexler I thought was it was a good performer in the game. Uh first half obviously have that goal was was huge. I thought um we needed a, a goal at that point. And, uh, when you play a team like Bochum, a team that you're better than, you need to score a goal because the longer and I said it on the live stream, the longer you go scoreless, the more confidence that they get and then the more dangerous that they become. Hi Jack.
0: Hello.
2: Hey, you're back.
1: We-
0: you're
2: back. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's all right. You got excited. Um, but I was saying, yeah, like, we scored at the right time. We needed to score when we did, because if we hadn't, the longer you go into the game against a team that's below you, the more confidence they get and the best chance that they have to upset you or score a goal, whatever. Uh, and so I think Drexler's goal before halftime was very timely. We needed that goal going into the into halftime, one nothing, And up to the first half, it was pretty even, in my opinion. I don't know what your thoughts of the first half were, but... Obviously, the goal helps immensely, and you got to feel good about yourself—at least being an even game as it is. You got the lead.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think we looked pretty solid overall. I think we—I would probably give us the edge in the first half as well. Um, but yeah, def, definitely didn't take advantage of everything, and the Drexler goal was yep. very important. Um, I, th- man, I think it, we can talk about maybe Torada improving a little bit later in the game when Poulter comes on. But I, I think Tirada has was once again disappointing in this game. Yeah, um, there was a there was an opportunity, I think, off a throw in pretty early. Um, that kind of like fell to him and he immediately just kind of hit it. I mean, I know he was just kind of taking a volley, but like, if that's literally anywhere than other at the keeper, it's, it's absolutely a goal. He couldn't place it on hit the post later as well. I I mentioned the you know, the through ball from Larson that, you know, he still in in a little bit of an angle for him to finish that from, but seemed to take like one touch too many and just completely lost the chance. Um, he just seems to be a little bit off the pace, I think overall um so far and i'm hoping i'm kind of overreacting to that and he kind of turns things around we're all rooting for him of course but it yeah. doesn't hasn't seemed to be um sort of quite as automatic all the time as he was last year where he was like almost constantly making the correct decisions um you know reading the game very well you know if he needs to lay it off to somebody he's doing that if he needs to be decisive and take a shot he's doing that um just seems a little bit more um out of it i think so far you know early returns this season
2: yeah, I agree. Uh, I was actually having this conversation with Brian from the uh, high, hey, I track Antre- hey, Frankfurt. I can't say that for whatever reason, uh, from their podcast. And we we're talking about Tarota. And, you know, he was saying, you know, some guys just have this niche and they're really good at one thing. is good at this fight, the Liga. And I still hold up hope that he can figure this out with this club. You know, he the team got so close last year, majority of the players are still there, the core, I guess. And so the hope is that he would find a way in last week, the week before, I guess, the game before. He Scored and sort of like okay, maybe that's a chance. And and in the first half, he was really non existent. A couple opportunities that he should have probably put away, and he didn't. Um, as you mentioned, he did get better in the second half. Um, Pascal, I agree with you 100% with the ESPN thing. It, so, he's so nice.
0: He's also not winning a lot of his aerial duels either, which, like, for, for a guy that you would yes. expect who, who's that large and you would expect to just be the target man, like, he's not having the success that he had, I think, last season. Was in the he season successful well. last year? I think he was more successful than he's been this season. I have to take a look at the stats again, but I, I feel like every time I'm looking at, like I said, his dual numbers and everything, he's not winning the percentage of them that you would expect from a guy who kind of plays that general role and has that profile. So this is my biggest gripe
2: with the team thus far is that that stupid long ball needs to stop from Sholoff. It has to stop. stop we've been, been saying Toronto. this since like week
0: two. Yeah, we've been saying yeah, that.
2: Yeah, they've been successful maybe once or twice this season. And I think one to Toronto, one to Poulter this season. It's not working. I mean, if you want to go long, go to midfield to one of the wings, like Bolter or or whoever's on the right wing. Stop going for that long ball. We're, we're just turning it over, losing possession, and you're giving the upper, other opposition an opportunity to come down and score on you. It's like, stop it. Just don't kick it anymore. Just throw it, you know, hand short passes or throws or whatever. Tired of it because we keep losing it. And Torta's not winning, like you said. Polter's not even winning. And it's just that maybe the accuracy is really bad by Sholov. I don't know. Yeah, but Sholov
0: isn't particularly good at, at no. directing those. Um, and I mean, listen, I, I can understand it. it. It can be difficult to build out of the back. Not every team is built from it. Cromer um, might not might might not like to do that as as sort of a general course. He might not like the personnel he has. You would think that with somebody with like Yoshida in the back line, you would be able to have some sort of semblance of 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 calm and composure in possession that can help you kind of build through it a little bit. Um yeah. But yeah, it, it, we're, we're very wasteful. I mean, you know, we'll have these, you know, defensive moments where we, you know, we recover the ball or whatever, and then it goes to Shwala for like a goal kick, whatever the situation is. And we're just kind of giving possession back again, immediately. Um I guess yeah. I would probably prefer to at least see maybe some of these be a little bit more like mid range goal kicks yes. out yes. to a wing or something, as opposed to like, you know, the, the pure hoof ball, direct one, you know, one football to like a striker kind of situation. Um, so maybe there's some different things that we can try in terms of like what's the distance what part of the pitch are we trying to go to on these i don't know um but then also like when you're playing those aerial balls and you're not going them all the way up all the way up the pitch it's a lot easier for people to counter against you you know if they win it back like you know if, if you're only going like mid-range or short range or some of these i don't know so it, it's it's difficult to parse yeah. but i think the bottom line that we both agree on is that yeah, yeah. it hasn't been particularly effective too far and it's, it's getting rid of some possession opportunities that we might otherwise have and we're very much um, you know, in the minority of possession in a lot of these games, we had less possession than Balcom did in this one too, and it's like, yes, fine if that's the way yeah. you're setting up the team. But this is the bottom table team, and you can't get really <laughs> possession against them. Like, all right, like we won the game, but, you know, possession isn't everything. But you know what I'm saying? It's it's it's, yeah. it's not. Some of these underlying statistics are a little bit worrying. We yeah. talk about playing teams like Dortmund or you know Bayern or whatever the situation is later in the season.
2: Yeah. Uh past or Eric, excuse me, Eric says that Fraz was doing the same thing last year. Yeah, it wasn't it was unsuccessful. Uh Pascal says that the long balls are like our Hail Marys. We're reducing the amount of long balls, though. Bochum did much more in the last game. Um uh so maybe they need to start to work through the midfield and short passing more. Yeah, I I, I don't want to compare Schwoloff or any goalkeeper in the Bundesliga to Ederson from Man City, right? But what he does so well is he does those long passes, he's very accurate, but he goes for the wing passes a lot around midfield. The short-range, short-medium-range passes, those are more successful than those long ones because they, they never work. They've never worked for us, so we just need to stop. We're giving away, you know, meaningless possessions. Um, when it seemed
0: like a couple of years ago, back when we had, like, John Joe Kenny, we would connect on some of those ones that yeah. were more diagonally out to the wings, and that would actually work sometimes. And, I'm, yeah, yeah. i know, just like to see some of that changed up.
2: Yep. No, I, I agree <clears> about <throat> that. Um, came out the second half. And obviously Bock was already gonna try to score goals. Holtman, who we've been talking about, he was very successful in terms of coming down the wing. Machisiani's side in particular. They kind of left Machusiani on an island there, and Holtman was taking advantage of him, I think, all game long. Where it's luckily that Vandenberg had a but much better game than the first game. Oshida was doing his thing and they were clearing it out when he got it in there. But in the 51st minute, he comes in, cuts it back to Hoffman, who, who kind of drops it back, and both center backs miss him gets an empty space, gets a shot off, and ends up hitting off of a couple guys, including Zoller, goes in. They originally thought no goal, but correct call was on the play. There was no offsides, and uh, ended up being a Hoffman's goal at the end of it. Um, but, again, created by Holtman to down Matriciani's side, and I thought at least up to that point, we were struggling in that
0: department. Such a weird goal to concede off a throw-in. Yeah. Um, I mean, something, I mean, there's a part of me that almost felt like it looked rehearsed. I, I don't Might think it was, but, like, I mean, like, that ball comes in and then immediately someone's making a run kind of off of, like, you know, Matriciani-Vandenberg, and it's like a one-touch looped ball over the top to kind of catch us off guard. And then, yeah, it's it's actually a really nice cutback to the center of the box in the space, like you said, kind of through traffic, and they finish it off. kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I'm not even sure how bad the defending was on that. Like, I'd have to rewatch it again. They were they watching. They were watching. I mean, were they? Okay, but it, it struck me as one of those plays where it wasn't, like, actually atrocious defending it was just like this rapid fire move that they just sort kind of pulled off and it seemed to kind of work so um maybe i'm not being critical enough on that particular play but um i mean listen like well taken and, and, and an important goal from them early in the second half to kind of claw things back particularly because yeah the first half i don't think was was overly dominant nope. from us or anything so they were i mean they were in the game um at that yep. point and then certainly once they once they equalized
2: yeah pascal saying the goal was a defensive breakdown our defense is kind of wobbly since itakura left and yeah i agree about that uh even though Sep was doing better this game um for for sure 100 percent uh and just what was it six minutes later no it was much more than that um 20 minutes later uh ended up being an own goal um a set piece so before all this happened we were kind of sluggish offensively um and then a couple substitutions were had in particular sebastian poulter came on so I'm gonna come on first and say that I'm gonna to apologize to Cromer because I thought Poulter and Toroto could not play together. And you got he put it, you saw the intent of Cromer that they knew he knew they had to win. And so instead of taking Toretto off, which is natural, right? Toretto comes off, Poulter comes on. He kept Toretto on, and he put on Poulter in there, and it worked to so my surprise, Jack. It worked from the beginning, and Poulter I thought was obviously he's got a little bit of vengeance he wants for Bochum. They kind of ended on very bad terms. You saw some of the celebrations he had in this one, throwing one of his own teammates on the on the ground. Uh but he was very much into it. And so, you know, taking out some of the guys that they did, um, who was the first guy that came off? I don't remember who was the first guy. Larson. Larson for polter I think it was. And you saw Drexler move over to the right and it worked. And we started seeing a lot more.
0: Yeah, and I wasn't I guess I wasn't shocked by it just because I feel like we had seen some conversation midweek getting reported we did. like Things talking about like potentially seeing them play together. Um, Not that we were expecting to see that from the get go necessarily, but um, I I think that is an option that you have to consider. I I don't know if you are going to see a lot of like Bolter, Poulter and Torada on the pitch at the same time, all three of them. Um, But I mean, like we said, like, I mean, Bolter at this point is, is, kind of more of a winger and almost like a wide midfield player yeah, or something sure. M- more so than he was last season where he was definitely more of a partnership up top between him and Torada. Um and I think I mean, Bolter's kind of played himself into that role because he's been so effective at it. Um, yeah, Poulter. I thought this was definitely his best performance, not just because of what ultimately happens, you know, in stoppage time or whatever, but um uh, he had more good moments, seemed to be involved in the game, pushing the tempo, those sorts of things. Um, had a uh, had a like a kind of like a through ball cross at one point. That I think Torada stopped his run or had like yeah. a hitch in his run. And if he had kept it, it would have wrapped around the defender and been like a back post tapping. And that was missed something like, yeah, Poulter had a lot of good moments in this one. Um, uh, we, we were talking last week about how we appreciate players not celebrating against their former teams. He certainly did a little bit this one. So a little going, bit, uh, but yeah, both yeah, goals. Yeah, yeah but um, <laughs> hey, it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, nice to see him uh, finally have uh, kind of a cameo that, that. Uh he he Did made something. an impact. Yeah, I think he's been struggling to kind of like get himself into games when he's come on so far. And I'm sure he's been frustrated, obviously, because he wants to be starting. And then yeah. when he has come on, he hasn't been able to fit in. This was a much better performance, and I'm sure he'll be pretty pleased with how that one went for him.
2: And it wasn't only Poulter, it was also Solidstar came in as well. And they were both immediate impacts, I thought, in this one. Um, and so yeah, they got the goal in the 73rd minute. So end up being, I think, because of Poulter, his work that led to the to the free kick or something like that. Maybe it was Tarota. Um, Led to a more free kick, and I I remember saying this on the watch along. I said, "Oh, Flick's going over there like he's going to do something." And I said, "Maybe they can do a short pass to more." I'm just joking. Nothing's gonna happen. It ended up happening. More, you know, slides it over to Flick, who stops the ball, and more kick crosses it in and goes in. Um, own goal. Masovic scores a goal. It's, it sucks for him, right? But it's a goal. It's a goal. I think at first when I watched it live, I thought. The goal wouldn't have happened if Mastovic didn't touch it. But I watched the replays, and there was one angle from the opposite side. Polter would have been right there if, if Mastovic didn't touch mm, it. So interesting. It worked. And like you said, Polter celebrated the goal like it was his goal because he picked the ball, kicked it up in the air, <laughs> celebrating right in front of his old teammates. Um, you love to see that if it's on your team, right? Um, but 2-1 at that point. I felt comfortable at that point. How about you?
0: Um, a little bit overall. Uh, I mean, the, especially, you know, it doesn't matter who you're playing it, when the, when the, when the gap is one goal, a single moment can completely, can change the game. So you always want to have that cushion. If you can get it particularly against teams, you think you should be beating a little bit more. Um, I was trying not to address it <laughs> when, when people, when people bring him up, I try to just keep talking and hope that you don't, uh, <laughs> I see it all. No, no DeSanto conversations <laughs> on this podcast, please. Um, although the Desanto, yeah, anyway, um, <laughs> What I, hey, what I will say is is uh, Tobias Moore in f- dead ball situations from the right side of the pitch with those in swingers on his left foot, quite good so far. Not yes. just that, had an opportunity very early in the game, probably first ten minutes, where I, fa- I found Bolter, I think, like wide open in the center of the box on a free kick that like the ball just kind of went up in the air. He couldn't like direct it on target. Um, there we go. There's the yeah, 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 Pascal making amends <laughs> for the uh, DeSanta Santa comments by mentioning Kituju uh, in the chat. There we go. Now we're now, now we're now we're back. Um, but uh, yeah, Tobias Moore, I mean, we've talked about um, you know, uh Obi-Wan in the past and his, his delivery seems to have been a little bit more inconsistent of late, particularly on like corner kicks, but Tobias Moore, like very good. I, I feel like very consistent, plays you know, strikes a good ball, like you know, good delivery. Um, so yeah, nice to see him get involved. And yeah, a funny little like, you know, past the flick little setup, you know, it, yeah. Nice to see some like some training ground shenanigans there. So yeah, um, yeah, important goal.
2: I'm going to play devil's advocate and I'm not saying Tobias Moore should replace Thomas Oyan in terms of on the pitch, but moore has been probably more deadly from the set piece this season and small sample compared to Thomas O'Leon to the points you bring every time O'Leon's had a, uh, an opportunity. It's been to the first man hasn't got over or gone too far. It's never been really that cost. And everyone that Tobias Moore has had, most of them have been in deadly situations. Um, so again, it's a small sample size, you know. Talking about the lineup, we said that you know, maybe Tarota and, and Poulter couldn't play together, but eventually, at some point, Tarota comes off, Karaman, another big guy, comes on, uh, and they continued that form. and More and Grimel, by the and way, first and came round. on, we talking about home. that, yeah, 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 which is excellent to see. Uh, and he came back and came on as a, a center midfield, right for Flick, I think, or somebody like that. Um 96 minute game is going on and on and on. We knew that there's gonna be at least five minutes of stoppage time. Um, it was for Kraus,
0: actually. Now that I think about it, I think it was for Krauss.
2: Maybe it was Krauss. Okay, yeah. Um, but anyway, set piece into the game, more long cross into the box, and Poulter scores it, celebrates it. Caraman involved in a lot of that, and a lot of what was going on at the end of the game there. Um, you love to see Poulter celebrating like he did, but I think with the overall with the lineup, I can see how the two bigs having two big guys working in the lineup because you have Toroto and Polter to start, whatever, and then bring on Karaman later on after That could work. It could maybe, maybe not. Uh, but also what you could do is put Bolter maybe on the right, more on the left with Thomas, only on in the left back and keep Drexler or Salazar in the middle. And that could work because we need some wing help. Bolter is very flexible to play any of the way. He's obviously better on the left than the right. Um, or maybe even put Drexler on the right and tell it in the middle, whatever, but I don't know. If you can get those all those guys on at the same time.
0: Yeah, we're, we're trying to go galaxy brain now just to find a way to sh- like shoehorn in more because we've <laughs> liked his appearances. I mean, yeah, dude, a four-four two with OE on at left back more at left mid, and then Bolter is like the left of the two striker pairings up top. You know, get all three of those guys on. Yeah, Polter, I don't know. Um uh you could you could play Everybody. the four, two, three, one, have Bolter go centrally and more play that that left wing role. I don't yep. know anyway. Um yeah, but you know, good options to have. And listen, and you have glue as yeah. well. Who yeah, you probably who you probably wouldn't be overly worried about you know getting minutes in the Bundesliga. He's he was pretty decent last year for a while when we needed him to be at least solid. When Ouyang was hurt, and Chanaoglu yeah. rarely you know had bad games that you thought were hurting us particularly. Um, it's really always been that right side of the pitch recently where we've had you know the deficiencies and more of the revolving door and lack of lack of continuity. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, so obviously the own goal that we talked about and then the delivery at the end there, both of those were, were were more um and you know had other moments outside of those two as well that were quite good, you know, with his left absolute wand of a left foot. Um I, I found the defending from uh Bauckham to be kind of suspect on that final goal, perhaps it's because they were already down a goal. And so they it doesn't really matter yeah. if they can see another one. They're really just yeah. trying to, you know, get the ball as quickly as possible. But um, they had like three defenders in the box spread out, basically man marking individual people. So like we were able to play a lofted ball into a one-on-one with like no help, which I just <laughs> found was, it was strange. It was just a weird goal. I mean, like, <sighs> Uh, it, just, it just seemed like the kind of goal that should not have been scored as easily as it was. Ultimately, a very nice header from Poulter to be able to get in front of his man and kind of because it was pretty far away. You know, yeah. from the goal when, when, he, when he hit that, so it was nice. But like, yeah, just a strange, you know, kind of uh, cherry on top of the uh, the Sunday there. And it was getting feisty
2: up until that goal because obviously Poulter throwing one of his own guys down on the ground, Bolter getting involved in everything. Uh, it was getting very hot and, and heavy out there, and then eventually the goal happened. I think what I think that set piece kind of happened because of a play similar to that where guys are going after each other and whatever. Uh, so, But you like to see that. It's a mini River Derby. It's going to happen. And obviously the big River Derby is coming here on the horizon. But uh, overall, good result of the game. Better second half than the first half, I thought. Obviously, shots 20 to 10. I didn't realize we had shot that much more than they did. Um, shots and targets were substantially in our favor. Possession, as you said, in their favor passing I still very concerning passing for both teams are horrid in this game um a lot of it had to do with show off in the long ball did not work but all the other passes they could not string two three passes together all game long against bocum it's very concerning like you said um yeah cannot pass completion has
0: been been weird and concerningly poor kind of all season so far um yeah, and there's Pascal in the chat mentioning it as well. Yeah, and some of the long balls could be contributing to that. Our pension for that is obviously going to hurt your your overall numbers, but you you would be able, you would hope that you would be able to buff those somewhat. Through just your general possession, and everything, and we still are kind of on the low end of what you would expect to be seeing. Yeah. Um, so strange, but um, listen, I think it's a very important result against Buckham, Like I said, for Cromer in particular, um, that that goal from Poulter at the end helps the scoreline look a little bit better, and a little bit more comprehensive as well, which doesn't hurt the narrative um, yeah. and the way people are going to view things. Um, you know, I think I think if we had failed to get a result, whether that was a loss um, or a draw, particularly a loss, but even if it was a draw, I think you'd have some hard questions being asked. Um, you know, we were winless through our first five. Then you have, you know, bottom feeder who are, who, whose own coach is on the hot seat coming, you're playing at home. Um, yeah, I think that would have been bad. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad, you know, for the sake of us, you know, hope, I mean, who knows what's going to happen in this, in this Dortmund game, but like, yeah, that would have been a bad note to try to head into a Darby on is if you had just, you know, failed in the other Revere Darby, if you want to call it that against a team that's significantly worse. So, um, yeah, important result for the morale. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, Good result. It's funny because um, I don't know where I was going to go with that. <laughs> you were saying something, and then I had it in my head, and then it's 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 gone.
0: I'm um, sorry. You were trying to bring up these uh, you know these players of the match potentially, whatever the situation is here,
2: and I was. I yeah, am now. I am now. Let's, let's, let's um, transition. So. Chalka put out, these are probably the four best performers of the game. We talked about the Flick-Kraus combination I thought was very good. I agree with you. Um, obviously, Tobias Moore, two assists, basically, in this game, and, and Poulter with the, with the third goal of the game. And he was instrumental. He influenced the game as soon as he came on. Um, for me, it was always going to be Tom Kraus. He ended up getting the man of the match. I agree about that whole 100%. Um, but not to take away from what Flick did, um, Seth Vandenberg had a very good game. Um Thoughts on the midfield too of Kraus and Flick, the young guys.
0: Yeah, I mean, as, as we've said repeatedly, I think Kraus has impressed a lot of people so far. Um, there's obviously that sort of backstory of him being a lifelong shock fan, despite growing up, you know, around Leipzig and being very excited for this opportunity to come on loan and play for the team. Obviously, you know, when he's, when he's playing in front of the home crowd at the Veltins Arena, that's going to be even more. Um, on his mind, he's, he, yeah, he's kind of the emotional leader at times and really pushing yeah. the tempo and bringing the crowd into it. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked what I've seen from overall. He, he's aggressive against the ball, closes people down, tries to make things happen. Um, good at providing support, I think, as well. Like when somebody else is defending a player and he, he collapses, to try to you know create the numerical advantage and, and trap somebody. I think he's quite good at that. Um, and like I said, I've shown an eye for some of those transition moments too. I think Kraus has been great. Our, our fandom of Flick is, is long established personally I'm I'm happier to be seeing Flick at the moment than like a Donny Laza for example um getting that start in midfield not that we shouldn't see more of him potentially over the course of the season but um, you know Flick's some decent progressive passing numbers again in this game uh, and also but also interestingly like I said oftentimes being the, the deeper of the two with Kraus kind of pushing forward um and uh yeah I mean, I, I really I really like that pairing once again it's Buckham. I mean we'll see how that how that pairing would look against potentially a more dangerous team and in, in whether or not they would be able to you know screen for the back line as effectively as we would need them to um but i do think that yeah once again both those guys they seem to be you know pretty active against the ball they, they cover a lot of ground they're kind of pests their they're, they're physical flick is kind of like you know he's filled out a little bit he's not as much of a yeah, twig as he potentially was too. when we first started seeing appearances from him um definitely been hitting the weight room working on his conditioning i don't know yeah I, I like it i've been happy with it so far
2: I agree. I, it's, it's been a combination, I think, that needs to stay, at least for the next few games. See how they do in the big Riviera Derby. Uh, be interesting to see how they do that. We need some pace for sure in the game. We'll get to that in a second. Um, But Justiani had a poor, not poor, he was unimpressive or just a eh for 60 minutes, and he got stronger as the game went on. Uh, for sure. Vandenberg, I think, made up for all his mistakes last week. I think another week under, you know, a, a full week under his belt now with Schalke. He played a lot better. He kind of shut down Hoffman for the majority of the match, which is not easy to do. Um, won a lot of aerial duels. Was reading a lot of passes very well. Him and Yoshido combined very well together. Um, I was impressed with Vandenberg compare, considering how poor he did in the first game. It's so shaky. And it's no fault to him. It was yeah, correct. a was spot that. to be in.
0: Exactly. It, we said he did not play well in his debut, but we also said he had been at the club for a matter of like days. It's days. a tough position. And we were entirely willing to kind of throw that performance out and, and start fresh here, which even that is, you know, he's in a more difficult position than like Yoshida would have been with the time he spent at the club or other people would have been. Um, I, I do seem to recall. There was at least one moment where I thought that he got kind of burned because he like reacted something later or read something poorly. I'd have to go back and find yeah. what that was. But overall, I do think that it was a much better performance from him. Yeah. Hopefully he can continue to grow. Um, and you know, I, I don't want to make too much of this all the time about like, you know, there has to be like an older center back mentoring a younger one, you know, whether it's, you know, somebody, you know, helping Malik Chow in the past or whatever the situation is. Um, but I, I do think it's useful if you're gonna if you're going to have, you know, a, a you know, a twenty 20- what 21 year old Loney or something from, from Liverpool coming in that you have somebody to be pairing with, like Yoshida, who has as composed as he is. Um, and yeah, maybe Yoshida doesn't have the legs to cover the ground as much, but Vandenberg's gonna have that youthful energy you know, and everything. It, it, it could, in theory, be a nice complement, um, to each other. Um, and I, yeah, I thought I thought was gonna better in passing as well in this one, too. I like don't know making that up, but that was the impression I got at least from watching. He was connecting a little bit more, yeah, yeah. So it,
2: it um, and I'm glad you brought up pace because. It's gonna be important for this next game that we have. Um f- unfortunately for Dortmund, or maybe I guess it's not it has to be unfortunate. You're playing Man City. Um, they could potentially put 10 10 goals on you, right? They're facing Holland again, who's been you know destroying the, the Premier League. But Darby is gonna be difficult. It's gonna ha- it's gonna be difficult, especially you know, if they lose a the second game in a row because they lost obviously this past weekend to Leipzig three nothing. Um they might be chomping the bit. Obviously. When you look at the Derby, rules go out the window. Form doesn't matter. None of that matters. It's a Derby. Anything can happen. We've seen it all. Um, but the pace is something that worries me because Dortmund are very fast. They're very fast. Yoshida is not. Um, but Chisiani is not. He got torched by Holtmann. That's why someone mentioned in the chat, and I don't remember who, who mentioned it, um, Probably,
0: probably a pass call, yeah.
2: Yeah, mentioned Aidan against Dortmund would probably be good on the right because he's got pace; he can keep up. Wouldn't have to worry about the physicality as much. Marco Royce has had a
0: resurgence this season, compared to the past. So we're gonna we have to play. Which honestly, credit to Marco Royce. As much as we hate Dortmund, it's kind of hard to root against Marco Royce with the injury trouble he's had over the course of his career and everything. I think he's you know it's always nice to see when he's. Richard's like, I don't care. I don't. (laughs) my point is i'm not entirely got the blinders on i mean like i haven't yeah. you know th- there, there was a game recently where royce, where, where royce royce scored and, and reyna assisted one and two and it was like yeah. uh, you know if dortmund has to score two goals it's probably the way i'd prefer <laughs> them to do it is geo reyna and, and royce <laughs> doing stuff so anyway um yeah i mean there's a lot of questions i mean i i i think i think it's i understand the point that you're making about okay yeah maybe maybe the physicality isn't as important it's about pace can you throw Iden? for his first appearance of the season into a starting role against Dortmund in the derby. I don't know if you that's can hard, do that. That's, that's tough. That's kind of unfair. W- for would him. you do I Mitch mean, Cristiani though? No, but I think I think you I mean is, isn't Brunner going to be back? I didn't think oh, it was a long-term thing, oh, right? Oh. I rather Brunner I mean, so, no matter what. Yeah, I mean Bruner, I, think, I think you'd have yeah, yeah. to just at least the first time around give it, you know, give it to Brunner. Yeah. I don't know. Um yeah. I just I would feel kind of bad. Maybe maybe Aiden's maybe chomping at the bit. That's just a tough position to be in. He's been playing with the u twenty three so and you going to be like, "Oh, hey, River derby, get in the starting lineup." That's that's a lot. Um but, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. I, yeah, I, I would imagine that you're going to see Zalazar starting in that game. You would yeah. think. And maybe they're going to keep him going off the bench. But I think, you know, this rotation thing giving him some rest. But when it comes to a game that's that high profile, you need some of your best players on the pitch. Um, you know, you you talked about that you didn't think, you know, uh, Zalazar was as effective off the bench as he might have been. Um, there's still so many things he does well, though. Like, when i are talking about using his body cleverly when he has a defender on him, he can draw fouls like Harit can to some extent. Yeah. He's very yeah. clever with his body positioning and you know going down and that kind of stuff. Like he he's he's useful for ball progression, obviously, and, and getting his free kicks and, and you know, um, I don't know. It's just hard to keep him off the pitch for that long.
2: Yeah, and I think the natural replacement would be for Larson because I think Drexler more than deserves his position. Boulter, same thing. I guess the, if you want to question anybody, it's got to be Tarota. But it's a Derby. It's his first one. Maybe he's going to be amped up for this one. He had a quote today saying, you know, I watched this Derby my whole life and now I get to play in it. So maybe he'll be amped up for this, right? Uh, Polter, you'd imagine, to be pumped up for this. So whether he starts or comes off the bench, whatever it is. And more, I think, will be important for us. Him and you know Bruner, if he's back, hopefully, uh, will be important. But Krauss and Flick will be tested. I think they're more than capable of handling the pressure. They seem to work very well together. They both have decent pace to them. Um, It's going to be interesting. I don't know what to expect with this, Jack. I mean, what are your early thoughts about this game coming
0: up? Well, I, I can only hope that Torada plays sort of the Naldo role, which is the old kind of presumably over the hill guy coming in just dominating and scoring a couple goals. Although, to be fair, like the season that Naldo was doing, that he was one of the best center backs in the league. He was actually phenomenal that year. Wasn't like an aberration in terms of his his uh, his performances. Yeah. Listen, I mean, yeah, I, I fully expect us to lose this game. Obviously, I'm gonna hope that 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 Dortmund um, have some sort of late collapse that we've seen them have a couple times where they've suddenly shipped a couple goals. Yeah. Um, you know, who knows what we can create. Um, we certainly have, you know, players on the, on the, on the team that can do some kind of like, you know, dirty, weird things, kind of ride some challenges, you know, create some things, get, you know, I, I would, I'm loving, I cannot, like, I'm already loving before the games even happen. I'm loving what Bolter, his energy and his faces are going to be in the Derby. Oh, like you have yeah. to imagine that like Bolter oh, going to be like wildly up for it and just doing all kinds of BS. Shenanigans. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, I'm realistic about what the season is. Our goal is to stay up. I don't expect us to be able to hang with teams like Dortmund for the most part. That's why I was so surprised at how, like, decent and, and like, you know, organized and, and composed the, the performance against Gladbach was, for example, which we have not really seen subsequently. So, yeah, it could be ugly. But as you said, I mean, you can say, like, you know, Darby, form goes out the window for Darby's. To some extent, that's not true. To some extent, it is, though. And we've seen some wild things happen in recent seasons between these two teams. Um, and even games where, you know, we're starting, I don't know, uh, uh, Weston McKenney and Robbie Matando, or sorry, what not? Hamza Mendel,
2: yeah, yeah, Hamza, <laughs> yeah, sorry,
0: <That's> yeah. <laughs> Matando would even made more sense. It was, it was oh, it was, uh, we we're starting a derby, and like we didn't get blown out in that game. I mean, like, so who knows? I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah I have no idea, but uh, yeah, it'll be yeah. fun. It, it, my main thing is, it's great to be back in the Bundesliga, and it's great to have the ability to play a river derby against Dortmund. It's one of the you know preeminent, in my opinion, fixtures. Not just in the Bundesliga, of course, but in all of you know the European top five leagues. It's a great rivalry. Yeah. It's great for German football to have that back, and you know, hopefully, uh, the fans enjoy it. We don't see too many shenanigans with the ultras that we saw sometimes uh, late, late, late into you know before we got relegated. There was some weird stuff happening.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's a lot of that with the Champions League and Europa League games as well, too, with German teams as well. Leverkusen was one of them. Cologne was another one. Um, yeah, I'm with Pascal, you know, if we lose, it has to be in a fighting spirit. We need to make it a difficult and fun game for us, at least. And I'm at least content with a loss if we're fighting and it's one nothing, 2-1 or something like that. I, I, I think we can get a draw. I think for Cromer, if he finds a way to get a win somehow, his job is safe until Christmas. I mean, it has to be. And you win a Derby, especially with everything, all the chips against you, you get a pass for a few months. Uh, unless, of course, we go on a ten-game losing streak or something like that, right? But um, yeah, I don't know. I think if we can play discipline, we cannot give Dortmund seventy percent possession of the ball. You know, if it's if it's Bayern, you expect that Dortmund we cannot do that. We just cannot. It's, if they give them chance after chance to score goals, they're going to score, right? You can't let them have that many shots. Um, so we need to do a lot better, a lot better on the counterattacks. Boulter and some of these guys like Drexler—they're going to have to stir it up get them pissed off and make it, make it worth a while. So I don't know what to expect though.
0: I'm worried about Guerrero. Honestly,
2: he's always a killer for us, but like,
0: especially, especially down the left-hand side ag- against what we talked about, you know, happening on Larson and like Patriciani potentially, if that's who that's yeah, like Bruner know. needs to be I, there. Yeah. I don't know. I am concerned about that a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's as you know, Pascal said, we've already said it, it, it I'm not expecting a lot from this game. Hopefully it's a good performance and, you know, at least like, you know, we don't get played off the pitch entirely, even if we lose, hopefully it's entertaining for the fans to some extent, but yeah, nice to have the fixture back.
2: Yeah. Game is in Dortmund. Uh, So yeah, we'll see big river Derby. I don't know about this to be a a live stream just because I'm day to day, hour to hour uh, and Jack won't be doing it, but, and I don't know about the podcast. We'll see if I'm here for the podcast, but uh, after the Derby, there is a international break, I believe, right, Jack? yes i believe so yeah and we got correct
0: us if we're wrong in the chat but i think there's yeah i think there's an international break immediately after yeah
2: the next three games are interesting we got dortmund augsburg and leverkusen before we got hoffenheim home and away with uh regular season and the people so but all eyes are on dortmund this week um big river derby stuff look for watch parties all around the u.s if you uh know anybody in the new york area send me a message send us a dm on Shock America's Twitter. Um, but, yeah, big week ahead. I'd love to be at a watch party in person. It's not going to happen for me. Maybe you, Jack, but not me. Um,
0: well, you know what happens when I go on the road to watch parties. Usually, You do not go. With us. Yeah, yeah. So if I go to Amsterdam <laughs> <allowed> Tavern to. <laughs> or something else, we're going to lose 5-0. We'll, if I go to Amsterdam Tavern this weekend, we'll lose 5 nothing to Bayern. And we weren't even playing Bayern. We're playing Dortmund. But we'll lose 5-0 to Bayern anyway. That's just yeah. a little popular scroll on. yeah, scroll-up. yeah. Yeah. Bad.
2: yeah. <laughs> Oh, big week. Hopefully the team steps up. They understand this is an important game. This is this is unique because not many of these guys were with us. Not any of these guys were with us the first time around. Only Fairman, right? Fairman, you look at the bench. I mean, lots of probably knows what it's like to, for a Derby because of the history of Shaka, But none of these guys have no, have ever been in a Derby. Iden maybe when he was a youth guy or younger guy. Um, But for the most yeah, part, the, this squ- the
0: squad squ- overhaul has been crazy. Yeah, absolutely yeah. right.
2: So this is the first time for everybody. We need people to step up. They need to understand. And I know last year they understood the passion that is Shalka. They need to figure out this game. They have to step up. and It needs to be a close game, at least for our yeah, sake. I
0: don't personally, I don't think it's going to be difficult for them. I, I think I yeah. mean, especially you talk about some of these players having maybe not been in this environment before stepping up on a bigger stage. There's not going to be an atmosphere that they're probably going to have experienced all that often. You know, it's going to be able to compare to what the atmosphere is going to be at this game. I, if you can't get up for that, I mean, I don't know what your issue is. I think you're in the wrong line of business, and especially when you talk about some of the guys and the mentality they have, whether it's a you know a Drexler or a Bolter or whatever, they have the edge that you need. Yeah, to kind of to kind of you know withstand the storm and, and probably Kraus you know,
2: too. I think Kraus, in yeah, there.
0: exactly. So you would hope that those guys would be able to you know you can rally around those sorts of people in those more you know uh, adversity laden situations or whatever you're going to have in, in a in a in a cauldron in a maelstrom like that. So
2: you know who would be good to come off the bench in this kind of atmosphere is Crawl. But it have to be, he could be is a yellow card, red card waiting to happen. But you need that kind of energy late in a game.
0: Poor crawl. We've already set that narrative, like the walking <laughs> yellow card after like two or three appearances, whatever he's had. Yeah, we've already written the script for him, man. Yeah,
2: Uncle Bob. Yeah. So, all right, we've been talking about it long enough. Uh, Victory Monday, first one. It had to be long, yes. of course. So, absolutely deserved for us. So we're on the
0: board. We got a dub.
2: We got a dub. Go. Uh, chat. Thank you again. Uh, big game. Big week. Excited. Jack, where can our followers find you on social media? Our
0: followers can find me at JM J M M A N G-A-N on Twitter. I'm like six for six this season, killing it. Oh um, my Quick shout out. I've been enjoying some Ardbeg Oogadol during the podcast today, courtesy nice. of my dear friend Noah Thacker and his lovely wife, Shauna, um, as a uh, as a thank you for me officiating their wedding recently. So thank you to both of them for uh, giving me some Victory Monday. Uh beautiful beverage to uh to enjoy as well but yeah looking forward to the game this weekend sir beautiful
2: beautiful i am waiting i'm ready for the weekend this this game this weekend too we got lots going on in life but uh my luck will be it'll happen on the river derby day that's what it is right uh but anyway you can follow me at or find me at r underscore k-h-a-r-m-a-n for jack for myself for everyone big week river derby let's get it blue (laughs) golf